So if you're ready for the Word of God this morning, I wanted to just bring a New Year's message entitled Restart. And it's not, uh, it's all about restarting our devotional life. Because how many of you agree that's the most important thing for the individual believer? That we actually have a walk with God. That we actually have a devotional life before God. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning as we start the year. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 15. I want to read for you from verse 4 to verse 11. So if you have your Bibles, go there with me. John chapter 15, reading from verse 4 to verse 11. Then I'm going to share with you uh, what's on my heart. John chapter 15, reading from verse 4. Remain in me as I also remain in you. That's what Jesus said to his people. Abide in me or remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, but it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Father, I ask this morning that you would anoint your servant so that I may deliver your word to your people. And Lord, I pray that you would allow us to hear a word that will encourage us and inspire us to want to reboot and restart our devotional life. We commit ourselves to you this morning as we listen to your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's a beautiful story that was told about an experiment that is done in an agricultural college. So what the students did was they wanted to test the lifting power of a growing pumpkin. And as the pumpkin grows, it has the ability to lift. It has grow, there's energy involved in that. So what they did was they hooked the pumpkin to a device. They could actually measure the number of pounds that the, the tiny pumpkin would lift as it grows. Now, as the pumpkin began to grow, the weight on the scale actually went up to 20 pounds, and then it went to 50 pounds, and then it went to 100 pounds. And as that pumpkin continues to grow, the scale actually went all the way up to 500 pounds, 1,000 pounds. That's amazing, right? And, as the, and then once they reached that point, what the students did was they cut the pumpkin off the vine, and instantly the scale dropped to zero. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You cut that pumpkin off the vine and the scale dropped to zero. What's the point? The point they were learning is this. Separated from the vine, the pumpkin is powerless. In the same way, the Christian separated from Christ, who is our vine, we will be powerless. See, the key to a victorious Christian life is in the abiding 
in us remaining, abiding in union with Christ. And that's why we always say, as a catchphrase here, we abide in the King first, and then we can advance His kingdom. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 15, verse 5. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So one way I can put it would be this, if I can illustrate that for you, Jesus is saying, I am the vine and we are the branches. I'm only a branch. If I abide in him and he abide in me, if he remains in me, then I will bear forth much fruit. But apart from him, I can do nothing. The key is in the abiding, you see? And that word abide or remain in, in the Greek is the word meno, M-E-N-O, which actually means this. It means to continue, to dwell, to be in union. And interestingly, that word abide or remain is in the imperative verb, which means this. It is not an option. It is a command. We are commanded to remain in Him. It's a command to decisively, immediately, completely get it done. In other words, it is mandatory. Now we are familiar with the word mandatory. Right? It is mandatory. It is not an option. It is a command. We must stay connected to Jesus. We must live in union with Christ. Now you may ask this morning, why is it so important to abide in Christ? Why, why, why is it so important to remain in Him? I want to give you this morning three very critical reasons why we must remain in Christ. Okay, number one is this. It is the source to fruitfulness. How many of you want to be fruitful in 2022? You want to be fruitful? The key is this. Abide in Him. John 15 verse 4 and 5. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you and I can do nothing. The only way that we can become fruitful, brothers and sisters, is by abiding in the vine. See, and that word fruit, you shall bear much fruit, is the Greek word kapos. And interestingly, it's the same word used for the fruit of the Spirit. It's the same word used for the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The word kapos literally means this. Anything that is done in partnership or union with Christ. So in other words, it is the direct result of Christ living His life through us that we will bear forth fruit. How do you bear fruit? It's not by trying harder. It's not by striving. It is a direct result of the life of Christ manifesting itself through ours. So what's the point? The point is this. Jesus is the source of transformation. He is the power for change. The key is this. If I remain in Him and He in me, then I will bear forth much fruit. So where's the secret? The secret is not here in the fruit. This is an outcome. What's the cause? The cause is here. Here's where the secret is. It's in the abiding. So the moment you are disconnected from the vine, the moment you're not in union with Him, 
then you lost the plot. GG. Really. You lost it. You cannot produce anything except here. This is where the secret is. It is in union with Christ. People don't change because their parents tell them to change. How many of you agree? People don't grow because their pastors tell them to grow. They grow because they go back to the vine, which is the source and the power for change. But the moment we are disconnected from the vine, then we lost the plot. You see, and but if we remain in the vine and His Word remains in us, then we have the power to change. We are in communion with the Master. And then the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God to our spirit. And the moment he, the Holy Spirit illuminates the Word of God to our hearts and we obey it, that's when transformation happens. You see, and John 15, 7 says, If you remain in me, my words remain in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When we remain in Him and His Word remain in us, and that's where the Word and the Spirit working together, we will begin to see God's will come to pass in our life on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus put it this way in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. To the Jews who have believed Him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's about holding to the teaching. You hold to my teaching, see? And you are really my disciples. Then you know the truth. The word know here is the Greek word ginosko, which actually means knowledge that is rooted in personal experience. It's not academic intellectual knowledge. It is rooted in personal experience. And all of a sudden, because you know the word, and you apply the word in your life and you do it and you experience it, then all of a sudden the truth is no longer a theory in our head. It is a reality in our hearts. How many of you would really want that? Then you know what? The truth is no longer informational. It becomes relational. It's not just knowledge in our head, but it is truth in our hearts. And it is God's will, brothers and sisters, that all of us in this auditorium becomes fruitful and not barren. In fact, it brings glory to the Father when we bear much fruit. Right? Verse 8 says, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. The source of fruitfulness is in the abiding apart from Him. We can do nothing. That's why it's of paramount important, my friends, that we take time to keep company with God, to stay in union with Him, make time, you know, to worship our King, to read His Word and to commune with Him daily. It is the source of fruitfulness. Now, I understand, I fully understand uh, that there are some of us here who may be going through seasons where we will find it very difficult to maintain a consistent routine. I understand because my own son is going through that season where he has to raise young kids and all that. And this includes those who are going through seasons where they are raising young children who could really mess up uh, your routine. Am I, am I correct to say that? You are raising young kids. The babies don't follow your routine. You follow your baby's routine, right? So it, it can be those you are doing shift work or those who are going through a career transition, etc. But we need to remember this. Ultimately, our walk with God is not a regimental journey of do's and don'ts. 
It is a redemptive journey of grace and gratitude. Our walk with God is a pilgrimage with Jesus. It is a passionate pursuit of Christ from the inside out. So what's my point? My point is this. Our devotional life ultimately is not something that is tacked on, you know, one hour a day or half an hour a day, but it is something that is built in. Our devotional life is not a program that we are trying to conduct or a curriculum we are trying to complete. So we need, don't turn your devotional life into a work that we have to perform or a duty that you have to fulfill. Because once we do this, it will become something we have to do rather than something that we want to do. And once it becomes a duty and once it becomes a regimen, then if we don't do it, it produces in us a sense of guilt and condemnation and it paralyzes us. But how many of you agree that devotional life is really all about a consciousness of the presence of God in our life? It ultimately boils down to this, keeping company with God. It's about being present to God constantly. The great mystic, uh, Brother Lawrence, put it this way. It is practicing the presence of God. It's not just about keeping a schedule. It is about practicing the presence of God. Martin, Martin Luther, the great reformer, once said this. He said that the maid who is on her knees scrubbing the kitchen floor is serving the Lord as much as the priest who is on his knees in the chapel praying. If they are both present to God. Are you with me? The housewife who is cooking in the kitchen and singing to God and communing with Him is as close to the pastor who is in, in the study room preparing to preach. Why? Because they are both present to God. That's the whole point. It's about being conscious of God. It's about that presence in our life. And then our devotional life is no longer tacked on an hour, half an hour a day, but it's one that's built in 24-7. Prayer, communion, intimacy with God is no longer an outward event. It is an inner disposition of our hearts. And in the midst of all of our busyness, we pause every now and then, lean into God and practice His presence. I challenge you. Those of you who are going through a season where your schedules are topsy-turvy for whatever reason, here's my point. Make use of all the little moments of quietness. Make use of all the little in-between moments. You know, when you're waiting for the next meeting or waiting for the next feed, stop scrolling your Facebook and your TikTok and just talk to God for a while. Are you with me? Yes. You know, you, you, you are driving to your next appointment. Switch off the FM radio. Tune out the world and tune into His presence. Keep company with God for a moment. Put on a worship CD in your car as you're driving and worship God. Nobody's there to disturb you. Don't worry, the guy next to you, when you stop at a traffic light, you are, he can't hear a thing, you know. But we keep company with God. I like this poem, you know, we mutter, we sputter, we fume and we spurt. We mumble, we grumble, our feelings get hurt. We can't understand things, our vision grows dim when all we need is a moment with Him. Taking that moment to be with God. Now, for the rest of us who have better control of our time, then here's the ideal. Structure some dedicated time into your routine 
to spend with God in worship, in prayer, and the Word. John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me, and I in you. You will bear much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. So here's my challenge to every one of us. Let's restart our devotional life at the start of 2022. Let's restart it. And then we take time to abide in Christ. Why? Because it is a source of transformation. It's a source for fruitfulness. Here's number two. I think it's so important we realize this, that it is the union with Christ that takes us into the safety of His love. Why is it so important to spend time with God? I tell you why, because there is a spiritual assault that is going on in the unseen realm that is targeted at all of our inner life. Every one of us can fall you know, under the attack of the evil one in this, in this area. I have found over the years there are many servants of God, many wonderful believers who, who end up feeling discouraged, deflated and defeated. And unknowingly, they have come under the attack of three major demonic forces that assaults our inner world all the time. And I wanted to just highlight this for you. Here are three things that we need to be alert to. Number one is the spirit of rejection. Every one of us can come under the attack of a spirit of rejection. Watch out for this deception of the enemy that can put this thought into our mind. I have done so much. I sacrificed so much, I worked so hard, I've given up so much for the Lord, but nobody appreciates me. Nobody even acknowledged my contribution. Nobody ever noticed. I feel so unwanted. I feel so sidelined. I feel rejected. I want to quit. Ever had that thought come to your mind? That's a lie of the enemy. And I've seen so many wonderful servants of God who quit the ministry because of this, this deception of the evil one. Is that the sense of rejection that can come. Here's another one. It's a spirit of condemnation. This deception says this, I have not done enough. The first one says, I've done so much, nobody ever noticed me. This one says, I've not done enough. I make so many mistakes in, in my ministry and that's why the ministry is not growing. That's why my cell members are leaving. Others are better than me. I should just quit and make way for them. There's another lie of the evil one. These ones are not wanting to be appreciated, but they are feeling condemned and guilty because of their own sense of inadequacy. And they begin to feel like, you know, because of my own insufficiency, the ministry is adversely affected. That's another lie of the, of the devil. The spirit of condemnation can paralyze us and it literally can render us ineffective. Rejection, condemnation. I'll give you one more. It's the spirit of intimidation. Here's where the devil begin to whisper into our ears, you are not able to do it, my friend. You don't have what it takes to do this well. You are not good enough. You never cut it. You cannot make it. You will surely fail if you take this up. And those lies are being whispered into our, into our heart. It's a spirit of intimidation. And it seeks to render you powerless. So much so you dare not take the next step. So much so that you, you, you dare not step into it. And my brothers and sisters, I want you to know that these lies are all rooted in the voice of the enemy. It's the voice of the devil. They assault our inner world. They demolish our confidence in the Lord. And they diminish our faith and our hope. And that is why we need to spend time with God. Are you with me? It is in that secret place 
that we can tune out the voice of the demonic and we could really lean into the voice of God. It is in keeping company with God that we can hear His whispers of love to us as we read His Word and allow His presence to minister to us. And then allow the Lord to put right all these things that are ringing inside of our head, all this churning that goes on inside. And then we receive this inner assurance of the Holy Spirit as we commune with Jesus. John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so I've loved you. It is in that union with Christ that we will hear Him whisper these things to us, that I loved you. Okay, and as Father have loved me, so I've loved you. Now remain in my love. In that union, we remain in the love of Christ. And therein is our security. Therein is our safety. It is in the secret place that God assures us of the safety of His love. It is in His presence that we will find our sense of security. I, let me read for you a passage that I love from 1 John. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 15 to 19. Listen to this. For those who may be going through a time of discouragement, a sense of defeat, here's something I want to leave with you. Listen to what John said here. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. How many of you acknowledge Jesus the Son of God? Guess what? Jesus lives in you and you in Him. And so, we know, now listen carefully what it says here. So we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. I love what it says here. For we know and we rely. You know and you depend on the love that God has for you. This is how love is made complete amongst us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. But the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because He first loved us. I love verse 16 where it says, And so we know. We know what? We know the love of God. And so you know the love of God. And then verse 10 says, This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us. And He sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. You see, here's the thing. Once you know the love of God, we must go on to rely on it. You see, I find that many believers know that God loves them. But they don't depend on that love that God has for them. But instead, we tend to turn everything inward to ourselves and rather than to depend on the love that God has for us, we rather depend on our love for God. Are you with me? We rather depend on our love for God rather than to depend on God's love for us. What do you rely on? I don't rely on my love for God. I rely on God's love for me. You know why? Because my love for God sometimes can fluctuate. You understand what I mean? There are days when I feel I'm so in love with God. There are days when I, I feel so far away from Him. So it tends to be up and down. You know, it can fluctuate. It is in, unstable. But how many of you know God's love for you never changes? God's love for you is consistent. It is constant. It is eternal. And God's love is where we find our security. Not in my love for God. Then I'll feel very insecure. 
Some days I feel good, some days I don't. But one thing I know, I can depend on His love for me. Because His love for me never changes. It is unchanging. It's absolutely reliable. It is perfect love. And it is this perfect love that casts out fear. That's why I can be secure in His love. But where do you find His security? It's in your union with Him. Abide in Him. And that is love abide in you. And when we find our security in His love, then we are no longer affected by what man may say or not say, what man may do or not do. We find the grace to continue doing what God wants us to do. We no longer live by the expectations of man, but by our Father's command. Now our inner compass, you know, is oriented to Christ. No longer hijacked by all the circumstances around us. We find the grace, brothers and sisters, keep the Father's command and remain in His love. So ladies and gentlemen, let's resolve in 2022. Make time to be with Jesus. And then we can sail home to the security of His love. Why is it so important to spend time with God in union with Him? Because number one, it is, a, it is a source of fruitfulness. Secondly, it's a safety of God's love. Why not? Take time. Let the Lord whisper His, His security of His love to you. I'll leave you one last thing. It is ultimately the secret to His joy. If you take time to abide in Him, you become fruitful. And you take time to be with Him, He, he assures you of His love. And then that is the secret to His joy. It's critical to spend time with Jesus because it's a secret to His joy. And the joy of the Lord then becomes our strength. John 15, 11, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you, Jesus said, and that your joy may be complete. Jesus told us all this so that he can deposit his joy into us. You know, this whole thing about us taking time to be in the presence of God, taking time in the word and worship and all that, is ultimately so that his joy can be in you. And all of us want to have a joyful, right, 2022. So why not take time and be with him? Jesus told us all this so that He deposited His joy in us. And this joy is not dependent on circumstances. It is rooted in who our God is. Now, I know that men in general are on a pursuit of happiness. But what God wants to give us is His joy. See, because happiness can often be rooted in what's happening on the outside, but joy is always rooted in what goes on on the inside. See, and happiness can be found in something as mundane as, and superficial as, wow, you found a Groupon deal, you know, in your favorite restaurant on your birthday. Woohoo, happy. Yeah, okay. Or you book a Singapore Airlines ticket that is cheaper than your friend's Jetstar ticket on the same day. Woohoo, happy. You're like Will Smith, you know, in that film, The, the Pursuit of Happiness. He works so hard to try and land a job as a, as a stockbroker. Fail and fail and fail, and finally he landed the job. That guy was in tears. And then he described it as a moment of happiness. But happiness can be so mundane, so superficial. But you listen to what the psalmist said in Psalm 16, 11. You know what the psalmist said? He says, you will show me the path of life. Your presence, in your presence, is fullness of joy. At your right hand, are pleasures forevermore. God encourages all of us 
to pursue joy and pleasures, but it is always centered in Him. True happiness is rooted in God and it goes beyond favorable circumstances. I'll put it this way. Happiness is not found by pursuing it. It is a byproduct of pursuing God. That as you pursue God, happiness becomes a byproduct that comes to our life. It's the result of our abiding relationship with Jesus Christ that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is now nurtured. How many of you actually believe you need a restart in your devotional life in 2022? How many of you need a restart? Uh, we really want to help you do that. I want to make this as practical as we can. We really want to help you reboot and restart your devotional life. And we want to begin the new year with a de devotional reading guide that's been provided for you by all your different zones. Uh, all your zone pastors would have sent you um, a re devotional reading guide. And it's a very doable devotional reading guide. So we are not trying to read through the whole Bible in one year, but only one chapter a day guided through, okay? And it'll be fantastic if we can follow that devotional reading guide for your own devotional reading. Then there will also be three weeks of Zoom devotional. Now listen carefully to me. We'll, we'll be doing three weeks of Zoom devotional where Dr. Dan Mo, Auntie Ruth Chong and myself, we want to help you to restart your devotional life by doing the devotions with you. Okay, we'll do it with you on Zoom. Um, each of us will do a week in the morning and a week in the evening uh, so that we can cover both the hours and the hours. Okay, so if you are a morning person, we have 7.30 to 8 o'clock in the morning where we invite you to come in with us on the Zoom and then we do a devotion together with you okay, and give you the, the, the mechanics of doing it, of how we can do it together, okay? Then... We also do one time in the night at from 8 o'clock, 8 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. You can see from the chart there. Now, if you need some help in rebooting your, your devotional life and you are willing to revive that, then all you need to do is to go to fcc.live and under the What's Happening tab, if you click there, it will actually have a morning session, evening session. The moment you click, it goes into the Zoom link. Okay, it's as simple as that. Then whether you are traveling or you are at home, whether you want to do it on a device or you want to do it on a computer, you can do it. And we will come on live and have a devotion together with you. Okay, and let's go on this journey of reviving our devotional life. How many of you will be willing to just come on? And come on Zoom and we'll have this time together. You do it consistently for three weeks, Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday, Monday to Friday, we will begin to develop a pattern. And that hopefully will help every one of us to restart our devotional life. Okay, and every one of you can come on. I invite you to come on, just go to fcc.live, what's happening tab. Let me end this morning with this and then we're gonna take some time to pray for you as we enter the new year. There's a story that was told about a pastor who visited the United States of America for the first time. It was during those days before mobile phones and internet. So the only way you can make a call is through a phone booth. And he wanted to make a phone call home. So what he did was he went into a phone booth. It was beginning to get dark, you know. So he had difficulty finding the number uh, in, the, in, the, in the phone directory. He wanted to contact someone, but he 
he needed a phone directory and he, he couldn't, couldn't see the number because it was getting dark. But he noticed that in the phone booth, there is actually a light bulb at the top. So he was trying to turn it on, but he didn't know how to do it because there wasn't any switch anywhere. So he didn't know how to turn on the light bulb. And he was struggling, looking high and low. And then a passerby walked by, uh, passed by, and then stopped and said to him, said, sir, if you want the light, you have to shut the door. If you want the light, you have to shut the door. And once the pastor shut the door, the light came on. In the same way, I want you to know that if you are willing to shut the door behind you, find a secret place where you can commune with God, read His Word and worship and be in union with Him, you will also sense His divine presence. You will find the light of His glory and you will experience the joy of communion with our Heavenly Father. Brothers and sisters, in 2022, and encourage every one of us, take time to abide in Christ. Take time to be in union with Him. And you will find the source of fruitfulness. If you have been wanting to deal with certain areas of your life, certain aspects of your own character, you find so hard to change. You don't change by trying harder. You change by staying in union with Christ. Stay in the vine because that's where the power for change is. You'll find the safety of His love. If you have been going through a season of defeat and then you're feeling discouraged and you're even thinking, maybe I should quit, I want you to know, come into His presence and let the Holy Spirit remind you again of His wonderful love for you. Tune out the voice of the evil one. Tune into the voice of our Father and you will find the secret to his joy. So let's start 2022 in the presence of God. Let's restart our devotional life together. And then I think we will lift out Romans 12, 11 and 12, where the scripture says, never be lacking in zeal. Don't be lacking in spiritual fervor, but you keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Be patient in your affliction and be faithful in prayer. May 2022 become a year where we restart and reboot our devotional life. Would you stand with me, please, this morning? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'd like us not to rush, but would you just take a few moments this morning as we begin this new year? Now, this morning, I have a burden to pray for those of us who may be going through you could identify with what I'm saying that there is a spiritual assault that is going on in our inner world. Sometimes we feel discouraged. We feel defeated and we feel like in despair. I think it's time for us to take a stand against the spirit of rejection that tells you that you're doing so much, sacrificed so much, given up so much, but no one ever noticed or even appreciated you. That's a lie of the enemy and we shut him off. Some of you could be feeling the attack of condemnation, constantly telling you that you're not doing enough. It's your fault that things are not moving. Your children are like this and your cell is like that. People are not growing, etc. Stop listening to the lies of the evil one and we tell the spirit of intimidation to go in Jesus' name. 
the voice that keep telling you you're not good enough, you're not able, you will surely fail. This morning, we tune out the voice of the demonic. We lean into the voice of our Father who whispers to us that He loves us, He's for us, not against us. And maybe some of us here this morning, you really need a reboot, in a, in a, in a, a restart in your devotional life. And it's a good place for us to begin the new year that you would devote yourself to the Lord and say, God, help me as I come into union with you. So this morning, instead of us coming to pray for you and with all the mass and all that that's going on, why don't I just open up this place as an altar for you to come and you just do business with the Lord and you, let, you tune in to the voice of God and let Him whisper to you some of us here who need to have a restart in your devotional life, you come and you make a commitment to the, to the Lord and seal it in His presence. And then we want to help you go through this. So as we worship the Lord, I want this to just open this place for you. Don't worry, no one's going to come and pray for you so that you will feel safe. But you can just come and you do business with the Lord between you and the Father and then allow me to pray for you. Yeah. So let's worship the Lord together. Amen.